0: So being a dad, yeah. uh could you could you just share a bit about your your dad journey? Yes
1: yeah, becoming so, a father. So um, we uh, decided after getting married that we were going to try for a baby. Um, we I know we spoke about this privately, but we were kind of uh, one time triers. Um, so we were pregnant straight away, which mm-hmm. is incredibly lucky and awesome. Um, and There's funny stories around that, obviously, because it's a really fun thing to say, you know, super sperm and all that kind of thing. But (laughs) we don't know who's super, whether it's super egg, super sperm. So I just claim a
0: T-shirt. I claim it. Yeah, I
1: claim it, but it's probably not me. Um, (laughs) But no, we got pregnant straight away. Um, The pregnancy was uh, comparatively okay. Uh, it has its difficulties. My wife had gestational diabetes. Um, there's diabetes that runs in her family, so we were quite worried about that. But she managed it really well, and we did a really good job of it. And um, I guess kind of the positives that came out of it: we got more scans, we got more. You know, we got to see our daughter more because. Um, you obviously need to check the baby a lot more when you have gestational diabetes so and um, there was lots of positives out of the pregnancy um we had a horrific um, uh, traumatic birth a really bad birth um, hmm. which uh, you know really hit both of us to six um, just, a lot of things didn't go to plan um, and it's probably the the hardest thing that's happened in our lives since we've been together, for sure. It's such a bittersweet kind of thing to talk about. And I know in other episodes, I know you guys have, you've had some great guys on that have talked about traumatic births and things like that. And, you know, I could relate to a lot of the stories, how bittersweet it is that, you know, it's the best day of your life. Your, your daughter, your son's arrived. Um, but it was so horrible, you know, the process. It was probably the worst situation you could be in. Um, and I certainly had uh, moments, fleeting moments and, and uh, memories of, feeling like i'd lost them both you know in in, in the situation um so yeah that wasn't nice <laughs> mm. um but yeah then um you know everything was fine at the end you know and we worked really hard to make sure that it was good i kind of i, I was kind of talk about it quite proudly really because my wife was quite poorly for a little a couple of weeks you know recovering from the um, the operations and things and uh i kind of tell everyone i went into mum and dad mode and just kind of uh, had no opportunity to even think. I just literally just did it all like naturally and it was crazy. And, you know, obviously we couldn't breastfeed. So I was getting all the formula and I was cracking on with everything. And I was literally mum, dad, everybody. And they're a blur. Those first few weeks are a blur. Uh, but I looked back and I had a moment of clarity and reflection about three or four months down the line when I was at work and somebody was asking me about it or I hadn't seen since we'd had the baby. And, uh, you know, I told them I had a traumatic birth and I kind of got a bit upset and teary about it. Um, and they just said, oh, do you want to talk about it? And I said, I will talk about it, but not right now. I just, it's mm-hmm. weird that this emotion's coming up. I've clearly sort of bottled this up for a little while and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But one thing I will say is the next few weeks when I was at home were really tough. Um, and I'm just so proud that I did my wife and my daughter, you know, really sort of, I, I gave them a great service as like mm-hmm. the the dad and the mum, you know, Um mm-hmm because I didn't know what I'd be like. I think like most parents, you have that kind of feeling of what am I going to be like? Am I going to be a good dad? You know. And I got that baptism of fire and <laughs> I and I got the certificate. You know, I did well. Um, and one of the things that I've struggled with in my entire life is, is patting myself on the back and being proud of myself. And, and, and moments of where I do, do really well, I don't give myself any credit. Mm. I'm quite quick to uh, move on to the next and just shrug it off. Like I don't like being told I'm great kind of thing. And and that stems that stems from uh, from kind of situations with my dad mm. when it was never good enough for him and things like that and we've 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 talked it out and it's just like a thing in the past you know now but I am trying to be better and I, I'm aware of it now where I do try and you know pat myself on the back and give myself credit so that's something I'm really happy about that I did really great in those first few weeks um, mm. but yeah my daughter's called Nora she's uh, nearly three um mm. so she's three in October and uh, she's amazing she's literally like. Um, I know most parents will say this but she is literally like an angel like she's everything it's so crazy it's like I'm quite an objective person I can sit back and kind of be quite objective and detach my emotions as I've just outlined um, but like I look at her sometimes and I'm like why is she so pretty like why is she so beautiful Like is she adopted have I got the wrong baby because like I, I'm not like an oil painting here like I know I'm not ugly but I'm not an oil painter my wife's beautiful but like mm-hmm. she doesn't really look like either of us like she has like little bits of us um and she's so stunning like everybody comments about how beautiful she is um mm-hmm. so yeah we have to have moments of pinching ourselves about how great she is she's so well behaved she's so thoughtful um she sleeps well she's we've had her ups and downs we've had illnesses just like most parents and we've had moments of like transition where she's learning things and it's frustrating and things but mm-hmm. On the whole, and comparatively, when we hear all these horror stories, we're kind of mm. those annoying parents that go, "Oh, we never had that problem, <laughs> you know." Mm. So, so we've had yeah. a relatively good couple of years. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. for those listening who, um, you know, hate me right now for saying that, but we, we've had a pretty good couple of years.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna hold back my my comments. For, <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I I always wish the best for any parent. I'm always like, "Hey, man, I hope your child." sleeps and does those things and transitions well because you know we had a different experience which is you know i'll have to share a bit about that on a different time but i always want people to not have to struggle that it's better for the kid and then yeah. the mom and the dad but i'm um, you know so the traumatic birth experience mm. you know that that was the significant sounds like the you said it yourself the most difficult thing that we went through mm. and to the point of where thinking i might lose both of them is yeah. that what you said earlier yeah. i might lose both and yeah what was you know in that moment i'm guessing i'm guessing it was some type of rushed emergency surgery was that
1: yeah so yeah so what happened was my my wife had um the uh uh she had to have a lumbar puncture so she had to have um not a lumbar puncture sorry a spinal tap so very similar to a lumbar puncture she had to have a spinal yeah. um and uh she'd already had a epidural so they already had it set up um But there was just no progress. And because she had gestational diabetes, they thought that Nora was, uh, her heart rate was dropping. So they had to rush her into theatre. They Mm -hmm. gave her this spinal um, and it went wrong. Uh, One in in 3,000 chance, the anaesthetist was saying afterwards when he gave us um, a rundown and a reflection, which he was really great on, um, really helpful. Uh, Yeah, one in 3,000 chance, it went wrong. And essentially the spinal, you're still supposed to be able to feel quite a lot of your body. And my wife couldn't feel anything from the neck down. So um, she thought she wasn't breathing. She thought she'd lost, she was losing consciousness. Um, She was all over the place um, and Mm. she couldn't, she couldn't push. She was trying, but physically her body couldn't push. She thought she was, Mm. but nothing was happening. Um, And we were this close to going into section, to go into a C-section um and the doctor managed to get hold of nora and got got her out um Mm. so so that was the kind of first half of like kind of 20 30 minutes of craziness where i'm sat with my wife and i'm scrubbed up and there's lots of doctors and nurses running around and and i'm looking at my wife and trying to talk to her and she's incoherently babbling to me and out of consciousness Mm. and really struggling and the doctors are shouting at her because they want to get her to get the baby out, you know? So they're kind of like, push, push. And, and she's like, I don't, I can't. And I'm just kind of like sat there, like completely powerless, like the same Mm -hmm. as what most men do in that situation and trying to support her. But you know, what can you do? You can do nothing. You can't push for her, you know? So, um, so that's the first half. And then the second half lasted about two minutes. And so they got Nora out and she wasn't crying or moving or breathing. Um, and at this stage, seeing a lifeless baby in front of me, I'm sat there going, what the hell is this? Like, this isn't my baby. This, this baby's dead kind of thing. Like as blunt as that is to say, that's how I felt. Uh, so I turned to my wife, um, and I just almost ignored that and was like, I don't want to see that. In the moment I was looking at my wife and her eyes were rolling back in her head and she was in and out of consciousness and the anaesthetist was there going, Brittany, can you hear me? Can you hear me? And, of course, you see things on TV and movies. And, you know, when someone, when a doctor's shouting at a patient going, can you hear me? Can you hear me? You're thinking, she's dead, you know? So Mm. I'm sat there and I'm like, I'm sat in between this. And I almost Mm. feel like a ghost. I almost feel like a fly on the wall, like watching this. Because I can't do anything. I can't save them both. So I was completely powerless. Mm. Um, And then about 30 seconds, longest 30 seconds of my life, probably a minute maybe, and then I hear crying. And as I hear crying, um, the midwife is... Uh, I turned around and the midwives are resuscitating Nora and they got you know they got a crying and breathing and the, the midwife turned round to me straight away and said "Do you want to come and meet your daughter uh, like matter mm. of factly like nothing had happened <laughs> right so so I just kind of went across and I was like oh my god like this is this is my daughter and she mm. said you've got to do the obligatory thing of you know counting the fingers and toes so mm. I counted the fingers and toes said yeah they're all there and eyes my tears are welling up in my eyes and mm. The midwife turned around and went, you know, this happens all the time, right? And I went, what do you mean? And she's like, sometimes traumatized babies, they just, they go into like this unconscious moment and we have to resuscitate them slightly. And it can be, it can actually be up to five or six minutes before we start to worry. So I was Mm -hmm. like, why didn't you tell me this? (laughs) Like, like I was like, I I was, Mm -hmm. I thought she was dead. Do you know what I mean? Oh my gosh, my so, so I was laughing kind of hysterically yeah. at this, and and then I turned around to my wife, and the midwife's like, "Tell Brittany what's happened." So I was like, "Look, she's done it. You've done it. You're amazing. You've managed to get her out. You know, this is amazing. I'm so proud of you." And my wife mm. is coming around a little bit, and she kind of half remembers what happens, and she was like, "Oh, great. You know, can I see her?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, great." And I'm just overwhelmed, and there's tears and everything, and uh, and then yeah, we 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 wrapped Nora up, and we went back to the room, and. Yeah, everything was fine like nothing happened except for the fact that my wife just needed to recover and sleep a little bit yeah and i'm sat there and i'm like literally like five minutes ago i thought these both were dead you know So yeah I'm you just, went
0: you went through this huge roller coaster yeah. like it's done and just feeling that reality in that mm-hmm. moment even though it was a five minute window of like this is where this is it
1: yeah so i so I, back in the room i was elated you can imagine yeah. like I was just oh, like, I, I was on cloud yeah. nine because no, I, they yeah. were dead a minute ago. <laughs> <You> were, <laughs> so my, yeah. my life now begins because I feel like it ended. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, um, as spiritual as that sounds, that's kind of how I was feeling in the moment. And, uh, yeah. you know, we waited a little while and uh, unfortunately tying back to what I was talking about earlier with my mom, I was brought back down to um, to a horrible moment of trauma almost, you know, to build on the, mm. the birth trauma because I called my mom. You want to call your mom. You want to call your family. Mm -hmm. um and i said to my mom i said you know she's here we've had some complications um so we're just resting up but everything is fine don't worry um and we hadn't told anyone the name so i said oh Mm -hmm. mom it's nora we've we've called her nora nora amelia um Mm -hmm. and my mom burst out laughing and said is that a joke are you joking and I said, no, that's that's the name. What do you mean? Am I joking? And she was like, well, what like Nora Batty from from a soap opera, you know, Coronation Street in the old days and all this, like a, a granny's name. And I was like, no, that's that's the name. It's not a joke. We don't refer it to Nora Batty. I'm not sure what you're getting at here. And she goes, mm-hmm. she goes, so you so you're not playing a trick on me. This is this is what you've actually called your daughter. That's what she said yeah. to me in that moment. And I was like. I was like, okay, I'm ending that call. I'm ending this call now. Um, I'll speak to you later. And I just put the phone um, down. I contemplated telling my wife, but I did in the end. And I told her. And that was all good. Uh, my wife was fuming, as you'd expect. She was very angry. Um but that was the beginning of the end of our relationship with my mom. I was like, I can't believe she did that. I mean, yeah. she sort of semi-apologized for that, and she said it was just because she was in the moment; she didn't know what was going on, and she was all excited. And but that was just like the worst thing you say to your son when your son's just told her that you had complications, you had a horrible birth. Like you don't mm-hmm. do that. And I just thought, yeah. what is wrong with her to, to, to yeah. sort of do that? So so yeah, that's that's my birth story.
0: <laughs> wow, wow. Mm-hmm. and and th- that is a roller coaster, and and gosh, <laughs> to, I'm to just- say the least. <laughs> to say the le- i mean to say the least mm. i mean you went you went from a a moment of my my child and my wife are gone and mm-hmm. it was an eternity for that yeah 2 minutes right mm. it, it, it was 2 minutes but that was a lifetime you yeah. were already there mentally and then elated thankfully thankfully that your daughter was healthy yeah. <laughs> and is still healthy in the live today and your wife recovered mm. and is alive but that that is traumatic that's mm. a significant trauma Me- mentally emotionally you went you were there as yeah. if here it is in my life and
1: mm.
0: and thankfully thankfully they're they're here and and you process that and then and then mom you know had her her zinger. And I could see why of that kind of unhealth coming out and unable to kind of be to join you in the moment, right? Unable, Mm. didn't have the skill or capacity to just say, wow, it's amazing. But it was more about her own stuff and kind of feeling that and then ending the call rightfully so I would too say, okay, I'm going to end this call now and this is not okay. And um, yeah, I mean, gosh, that's, that did not, I did not experience that type of uh, birth at all, and I can only imagine what that must have been like. With yeah, I, I'd probably feel the same way. I, I, I right, I mean, I feel like that's a natural response in that moment of that ter- just terror. Yeah, and I'm like, I would probably go there as well because that's the way I think it's coping. It's, it's how do you yeah. how do you deal with that? Yeah, well, you can't. It's just like mm-hmm. you just got to just in the moment we do what we do to survive and then yeah. again that narrative shifted and so i'm glad to hear that little nora's you said three now right yes
1: yeah, nearly three october yeah. yeah it's crazy oh three in
0: october great and then um you just nora do you have a second or no we
1: don't have a second we're we're planning um we may have news uh soon okay. <laughs> so we're, we're trying i guess we're in that mode we're of trying right. right now so fingers yeah. fingers crossed we'll have announcements we're
0: soon yeah okay <laughs> but yeah we're, right. we're trying so, not a one stop shop this time? No,
1: hopefully not. Um, um, hopefully, there's a bit more fun involved. Um, but
0: we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Blessings to you guys on that yeah, next journey for, for that next season and whatever happens, happens. And that is hopefully a, a yeah, better experience.
1: We obviously have worries regarding the, the, the birth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's well, good
0: given the circumstantial. Sure. I've
1: spoken to more people about it than ever because I've definitely boxed that one away for another mm. day and i've been speaking mm. more about it and it's been quite helpful to just talk about it just now you know and, and mm. just let it out a little bit now but mm. i know knowing what i know about mental health that i'll need to talk more about it before it comes around um mm-hmm. because it's something that i'll need to address otherwise it's going to take over leading up to the birth you know so mm. yeah yeah it's hard but yeah. it's um, it's what yeah. we went through it's the cards we were dealt you know
0: that's the reality, and, and then knowing that what you've done so well is, I, I know I need to take care of myself as we approach that second, yeah. that second experience. That I don't mm. want that fear to take away, but I also I'm more educated now. But I also know that some some emotions, some fears may come up to the surface, right? Yeah, and,
1: yeah. And
0: that awareness is like, okay, but how do I get through that, and how do I navigate? So,
1: yeah,
0: you know, two kind of final questions were kind of coming to wrap up, mm. but I'm wondering, um, you know, two things: one with that kind of said with whatever might happen with the second birth mm. and emotions may come up i'm wondering how how does john as a dad as a man how, what does he do to engage in self-care now in mm. your current context what does it actually mean for john now to engage in self-care
1: yeah so self-care is a bit of a funny one for me because i, I think self-care has a bit of a blurred meaning and i think a lot of people take self-care as uh, linear they have one thing they go to they have a certain process they have to to care for themselves and i think sometimes it can be a little bit toxic i think people can assume that something is self-care you know um and just just ride it and so an example of a toxic self-care thing that i was talking about the other day to someone actually is you know eating like eating like you you call them chips but crisps like big bag of chips like sat in front of the tv and watching a movie when you should be doing something else and look that is self-care that's downtime that's like relaxation that's chilled if you do it every day that's no longer self-care that's quite it's quite toxic it's quite negative around your lifestyle your diet your solitary all that kind of thing so i think the first point i'm trying to make around self-care is balance and i think the mm. balance that i bring in everything that i do it has balance and i always talk about balance in all the work that i do um so what i try and do for my self-care is balance it so I'll have things that are mind-numbing, I'll have programs that I'll watch, I'll have games that I'll play on my phone or something like that, you know, like an app or whatever, that is a mind-numbing version of self-care where I can just zone out and just Mm -hmm. detach from the world, from the angers, from the stresses, from from the control issues, from the happiness even, you know, and just detach and down, you know, like kind of deflate myself so I can build that. You know, fill that cup back up or, you know, fill the pressure cooker back up, whatever you want to call it. And then I also have, I try and have as much positive self care as possible. So I guess that's probably what I'll uh, lean on quite a lot in the next sort of, uh, you know, if we do get pregnant, kind of that like lead up to pregnancy. But yeah, I run. I enjoy a run. I think detaching myself in a run with a podcast, I listen to your podcast. That's not a shameless <laughs> plug. I love your podcast. I love hearing from dads, of course. Um, but actually just touching on that really briefly, just going off piece a little bit, I love the fact that every single episode almost I can relate to something. Like mm. I just feel like the reality of it is that like we all actually are the same, aren't we? We all have very different stories, but we all have the same moments and there's just so many bits that I'm, I was, I was in, the, in the supermarket the other day and I was listening to the episode with Kelly and I was like, that's like just like me that's just like me that's what i did you know and stuff like that and it's like there's just so many great moments of that so thank you for the pod so far um yeah. no so listen to podcasts on a run i love a run um but i don't run enough because i don't have time and i justify it like that because i have to it's not an excuse it's like i can't run all the time my body can't take it so i do one or two runs a week i like uh i like spending time with my daughter and that sounds mm. stupid because we should all spend time with our kids but I mean, like, actually present time with her. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I have all these different hats and these projects that I talked about at the start of the podcast. Like, my time is quite precious, like, with her because it's very minimal. I have a couple of hours a day and then I have the weekends. And, you know, a lot of dads will sit there and go, like, that's more time than I have for my kids. But it's like, well, when you are spending that time with them, are you connecting? Are you present? You know, look, that's that's something that some dads don't understand. And, uh, you know, this is what we try and teach people and, and try and teach people generally, not just men. But what I've tried to do is become more present in the moment. Phone away, you know, like just literally connect with her, look at her, listen to her, like talk with her, like play with her. Like everything that she wants you to do, you are... She is the boss, like, do it all kind of thing. like Mm -hmm. And feel it all, like, let let yourself enjoy it. Like, we're preconceived to, like, sit with the Play-Doh or the Duplo or the whatever and go, oh, this is weird. Like, I'm a man. I shouldn't be, like, I shouldn't be talking about princesses and putting on crowns and stuff. Yes, you should. Like, Mm -hmm. you should. Like, spend that time Mm -hmm. with your kid. Who cares what they're into? Like, seriously, who actually cares? My daughter at the moment Mm -hmm. is obsessed with trolls. You know, like the the trolls that are on TV, Anna Kendrick, uh, Justin Timberlake. Um, oh yeah, yeah. She yeah, yeah. is obsessed with them, and she thinks she is Princess Poppy, the main character. So, <laughs> like, I'm Branch. I'm Justin Timberlake. I'm cool with that. She always calls me Branch. It's like weird, like nickname, and that's a little bit annoying. But at the same time, like, I could actually be like, we're not, we're not characters in a in a program, Nora. Like, we're not characters. Right. Like, stop this. But yeah. I don't because I just live it with her like I sing along to all the songs I quite like it anyway to be honest but if I didn't like it I would still do it and and that's something yeah. I've learned that's something I've learned that's not something someone told me that's not something that I read that is just mm. I realized when I was disconnected from her and I was on my phone or I was not playing with her I, I saw the look she was giving me and I saw the disconnection mm. and and that is that is consistent every kid will be like that Every kid. Doesn't matter if there's learning difficulties, autism, whatever you want to call it, there is a connection that you can lose and there is a connection mm. that you can gain. So I try and grasp that by the horns really. That's my self care. She she fills my cup up, you know, being fair. Mm. But yeah, no, on more practical levels, you know, I, I like I say I just try and be try and keep healthy, try and do at night time I have a reminder before I go to bed, I need to read, I need to do some yoga or I need to meditate. Um, and that might sound quite wishy-washy and spiritual to those who aren't into those kinds of things. But, you know, yoga is like stretching. That's all it is. Like, I need to stretch because I get st- stiff and stuff like that. Like, I'm getting older. We were talking about this in the green room before. Yeah. Um, and meditation, <laughs> yeah. man. Meditation, we all meditate. We all can meditate. It's just mm-hmm. like chilling out your mind, breathing exercises. It's not It's not all yeah. like, oh, and all that kind of craziness. Right. Meditation Mm -hmm. is just chilling out your mind, like seriously. Mm -hmm. So, all I try and do before I go to bed is do that. And Mm -hmm. I don't do it well every night. And I guess, so I guess basically the big thing I do in self care is acceptance that I'm not always Mm -hmm. great at self care and like not beating myself up at that. So, all those things I outlined aren't perfect and I don't do them perfectly, Mm -hmm. but I allow myself those allowances that I'm not perfect and Mm -hmm. um, I try not to beat myself up. Uh, Hmm. and I'm you know it improves all the time so that's a good thing yeah Uh, yeah that's me (laughs) yeah
0: no and and that self-care component it's all those things when I work with dads, even myself and and working with men is that I always equate to it's you know self-care think of it as a practice Mm. um you know and and I love what you said earlier it's a balance Mm. now how do we how do we find balance in these different modes of self-care that you know we all need that those moments of just kind of pausing and, and like, kind of healthy distancing, yeah, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, taking a break, something mm. that's just like a shut my mind off and just kind of zone out. Mm. But, like you said, if I stay there, though, yeah, then I'm actually now this becomes my primary coping mechanism of disconnecting which is what a lot of men do and so that just creates another problem Mm -hmm. so it's more of hey this is okay and we need to engage those emotional states we need to engage what's really going on looking in the mirror so to speak of hey how's how's john doing this week how's travis this week like yeah what's been really stressing travis out this week is there anything that's really on my mind that's been i've been kind of ruminating on or, Mm. or really dwelling on and yeah what is that naming it and whether I'm naming it um, verbally or I, I'm a big journaling. I love journaling. Uh, you see, so I'm journaling,
1: journaling I'm terrible with. Right. And I don't mean that like I'm having a go at myself. Like I'm nasty at myself. Cause I, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm terrible as in like, I'm a bad person for journaling. I just don't mm-hmm. find, you know, traditional journaling, like writing it down, can't do it. Right. It just doesn't, right. it doesn't resonate with me. So what I've mm-hmm. developed is something that maybe some listeners, watchers will get from this. If you can't journal in a book, you can't write in a phone app. Um, what I've started to do, and it's not every night, but you brush your teeth at night, you look in the mirror, I give myself like a minute, just looking in the mirror, and not every night, but some nights, and I talk to myself in the mirror, mm. like whether it's in a monologue, or whether it's actual words doesn't matter some days, it's different. But all I do in that moment is remember what I did during the day. Hmm. because you can go through the day and it'd be a blur and you actually forget what you did. So I go through the, the day, I go through the work, like what I, what I achieved at work. I go through hmm. things that happened with Nora. I go through like conversations, I had with my wife, what did I have for my dinner, stuff like that. Right. And I reflect on that day as, as much as possible before I go to bed. And then if anything crops up in that, in a monologue of that was really great, I, I dwell on it. I revel in it. If hmm. anything pops up that was really bad, like we had a little argument or whatever, I analyse it and I decompress it and I find the the reasons and I see if there's a learning thing there or if not I let it go. Um, mm. So that is my journaling and and I realised yeah. that was my journaling when I was spoken to someone about when I was speaking to someone about journaling and they were like oh you know I do this I do this this, this and this this is this and they described that on a bit of paper. <laughs> So, Mm -hmm. I was like, that's me, but I just don't do it on paper. So, I I had to throw that in there. Sorry. But yeah, journaling is so important. So important.
0: Yeah. And and I love that you shared that because, you know, I'm a proponent for journaling, but the purpose behind it is it's that capacity to really reflect on the day Mm. and to name it. Yeah. Yeah. Whether through written form, Mm. and, you know, I may have a bias toward writing, but at the end of the day, you're doing the very thing. You're acknowledging and, and verbalizing, "Oh, mm. here is the good thing," mm. or "Here's something that was really amazing and a high point for me and a sweet moment, or a moment where I felt confident," or "Or here's something that, man, it was really hard." Yeah. And because you are doing that, it's it's a different format, but it is just that it it's still that acknowledgement of the run through of what's really going on for John, yeah. what's been actually happening, and that at the end of the day, I think that's the key. And I'm I'm glad you shared that. For the other listeners coming out who may have struggled with, you know, traditional writing, and mm. you know, I, and I've told guys, hey, if you struggle writing, just you know, either even tell it to yourself or think of a high and a low every day, and just write down the high point, low yeah. point, and then if you write a sentence, great; if not, if you write a paragraph, great, a page, great. Or yeah. it's just, I just want you to pay attention to yourself, and yeah. so whatever you do, just pay attention. Yeah. And I love that example. What you do is that you are going through it, and and again, it's 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 still the acknowledgement of. The reality of what's really going on, what Mm. has been going on Mm. emotionally, where have you been and which is helping you kind of identify, especially if there's something that's been stressed out for a week. It's like, oh, that's maybe why I've been more short lately. I've been stressed because of this work thing and I'm just now acknowledging it three days in. It's Mm. like, okay, now I can, what do I need to do? Do I need to let that go? Do I need to accept it? Do I need to, right? Because then you start to then, in a way, problem solve. Yeah. And, and, and work through your emotional state. So
1: and, You know, we're really good at that as men. We're really good at like analyzing and problem-solving things. Mm-hmm. That's the way we think. We think very logically. But we right. do it about conscious things. We don't do it about things that are – or sorry, let me rephrase that. We do it about practical things. We don't do it about conscious things we're in our mind. Mm-hmm. So what I like to try and do is break that down to the same format of whatever works for you in your head. Um, and I also use a, an app. So I have a mood app. Uh, It's called Uh, Dailyo. It's a free app, and you basically have a mood chart that you can fill in every night before you go to bed. So I put, mm. a, I put a marker on each day and there's a notes part underneath and you can say what activities you've done. I rarely use that because I use my own format of journaling, but that you could be using as a journal. And I've referred mm. people to that app and I'm sure they get more and more people download it because of the stuff I say. But, but there's, there's many out there. There's lots of mood chart apps out there and I just found that one really good. Um, mm. And I love mood charts. I love kind of like uh, scoring things. And I think men are quite good at that. You know, even if it is flippant, yeah. it's worth scoring things. It is very yeah. much worth scoring things because if you score it and then you come back to it, this is the other thing I like to do with my app, actually. If you score something and you go back to it, I like looking at sort of trends and seeing where the different fluctuations are. Because if I put like a 7 for, a seven out of 10 for something, you know, a lot of people say that's the standard. You know, sevens are a standard. But actually, really, if you think about it, like a 5 is a standard because it's right in the middle. So... If you look at a seven and you flippantly gave something a seven, why didn't you give it an eight? Why didn't you give it a six? That's where the, the, the analyzing comes from because you can sit there and you can go, okay, I've given a flippant comment there. I might want to change it. And this is something we did in one of our classes, actually. We were talking about the emotional spectrum and we were putting, putting how you feel on a line and all that kind of thing. Before you know it, and you start to analyse it, you change your position. (laughs) So, the the whole point of the app really is that reflection. You know, I always go in, I click click the mood straight away that I did, and then I sit there. And I think eh, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm this actually. And it's like it's just that reflection, like kicking yourself into reflection gear. So right. I
0: like that. Yeah, and that, that is the key. It's it's that it's that you're taking the time to become aware and be mindful mm. of what's really going on mm. for you. That even that even that's like stopping your automatic pilot of you know the app is great. I think for a lot of guys it's great because it's easy. It's like oh the words are the emotions are there and you're just checking it off and how and you're rating it. But even that even that is sl- is bringing your attention to that kind of question. Yeah, and it's yeah. bringing your attention to oh I am reflecting and then. And then going deeper, it's like, okay, well, why didn't I do that? What makes it a seven? Exactly. What makes it a six? What makes it a two? What makes it a and yeah. then you're you're you are kind of processing and that again, that's the key. It's that awareness, it's that paying attention, it's that acknowledgement, um, and and finding the different things to do that that balance from you know a, a TV show, a program to running to some self-care for you is engaging your daughter and being present where that really fills your bucket, that really fills your cup, mm. to like doing a verbal journal, I call it like a you know, an audible journal on your head to an app these are all things and as a dad find that balance of okay and it's a practice and I was saying this earlier I, I I'll tell dads and myself it's a practice because it's not about being perfect it's just about practicing and if yeah. we look at it as a practice yeah. even like meditation the point of practicing is that we get it back up and we practice again Hundred percent. it's not about perfection it's about we practice it it's just doing it Yeah. it's, it's because it's a lifelong practice you're always going to be practicing and I tell people I'm like hey I'm always practicing this too I'm never going to not be practicing yeah these skills, even as a therapist, like I have to practice them. Yeah, And there are days that I practice more and days that I don't. And knowing, it okay, I got to get back into my practice. And I always equate to like professional like footballers or, mm. you know, for my Americans listening – <laughs> professional soccer players right <laughs> um, you know it's it's they do the same thing mm. pretty much every day
1: yeah and, and, and something, I, something I always add to that is that there's no such thing as trial and error so mm. I always say it's trial and trial and trial and trial mm. and I think you should always take lessons and bonuses from trial and failure you know failure mm. is a horrible word as well but if you try something and it doesn't work for you try something else like just keep mm-hmm. trying because if you stop mm-hmm. at that first shot then you You aren't going to grow, you aren't going to change, you aren't going to adapt, you aren't going to be able to reflect, you aren't going to be able to do things that are positive for yourself. Mm-hmm. So I despise the trial and error thing, and that practice mm. is such a big thing, like you say. So yeah, I, I I love that practice thing. I just I always take it a little bit step further, and I go, yeah, practice, 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 but actually trial, keep trying different things, mm-hmm. and and fluctuate yeah. because you know you can practice something and you can get into a, a a routine, a positive habitual routine, which would be great. But then they might change. Your feelings around that habit might change, right. and then you might want to do something different. And being open to try those different things and fail at them mm. and be okay with that. And and be like awesome i failed let's move on you know that yeah. sounds ridiculous but it is not ridiculous it's huge and so many people mm. fail and go right let's stop let's just stop i don't want mm. that pain again but why should you feel pain from any failure you know why should there mm. be pain there's absolutely zero pain in a failure you did something wrong so what there's a load mm. of positives out of that you'll never do that again do you know what i mean mm. that's a massive positive so uh yeah i mean i love that kind of stuff i could talk about it yeah. for ages <laughs>
0: Yeah, we can definitely talk about that whole <laughs> that whole thing about failure and mentally. But uh, you know, just to keep it brief is yeah, I love that tr- you know, <laughs> practice, and then and also too. I mean, people could also practice really unhealthy things. We do it all the time, mm. but it's like practicing the health, practicing the awareness, practicing mm. the engagement with self because we practice things all the time that are not good for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Most things we do is a practice. It's a habit. We have habits that mm. are healthy and habits that are not so healthy. And mm. so it's learning from those habits saying, is this actually good for me? Yeah. Is this actually helping me? Is this actually growing me, stretching me, alleviating, you know, is this, is this really serving the purpose I'm intending it, mm. you know, or is it really just getting me away from something else? And so, um, you know, again, for the sake of time, uh, <laughs> one final question, yes. uh, just, this is just a fun question. Hey, cool. what's, in this moment what is your what's the favorite moment right now or what's the best thing currently being a dad with
1: your daughter like what is something uh, right now that you are just loving doing with your daughter uh, <laughs> That's that's an interesting one. Um there's loads of stuff. Uh, I think the biggest thing I think I guess the easiest answer I'll give rather than dwelling on it and taking ages with an answer. <laughs> I think, I think the easiest answer is, um, so over the last couple of years, over the last year or so, she started to sing and started to get into singing. And I used to sing, I know you, you used to sing into the flat as well. Um, yep. So when she started to get into singing, I was like, Oh, I was really excited. I was like, yeah, she's going to love singing all these songs and she's going to want me to sing. And she's going to listen to me singing and love my voice. Cause I can sing a little bit. And, and as soon as she started singing and I started singing along with her, she hated it. She was like, stop daddy, stop. Every time I was singing, stop, you can't sing it, shouting at me, like getting really angry that I was singing. So Mm. over the last few months, she started to let me into her singing, and I get to sing all the male parts of all the songs. Mm. So that's how I become, you know, Kristoff and Olaf from Frozen, and I become, you know, like Branch from Trolls and all this kind of thing, and all the princes and all all the... So I think my favourite thing at the moment is singing along with all the songs. Mm. Um, But the hardest part is remembering all the words. Like, I'm really struggling with some of the words man. but...
0: (laughs) Yeah. I wouldn't know. I'd probably start singing the tune because I know the melodies yeah. and the and the, and the tone, but I I would just not be able to say the words. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I know the feeling from both your kids saying stop because yeah. they, they, you know, you're ruining it for them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then it's so disheartening. It-, it
1: killed me inside. I was like, <laughs> oh my god. I was yeah. like, how can you, my, my wife was like, she's saying the worst thing ever to you right now, isn't she? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's like, that's literally yeah. the worst thing she could say to me. Like, stop singing. You can't <laughs> sing daddy. It's like, she can't say anything worse than that to me, do you know I mean? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But
0: now, but now she's invited you in, and so if you were to put a name to that feeling, what's it like for your daughter inviting you into a lot of allowing you to sing and join in? What's that like?
1: Yeah, it's great. It's almost kind of circling right back to the start of our conversation actually, because at the time of when she was getting into singing and getting to music and dancing around and stuff, and because she was wanting to do it on her own a lot, I felt a little bit like I wasn't part of her group, her community. I felt okay. a bit like, you know she'd dance with her mom or whatever and she would dance with her friends or whatever and then I feel a bit like I'm not allowed because I'm a man you know I'm a dad or whatever Mm. um and now she's invited me and it's like I'm part of her community now she's like Mm. she's letting me be part of her band her group you know it's so cool Mm. and it's like I quite I really do feel more connected to her like because of it um yeah all right sometimes it's like mine numbingly boring when she wants to listen to the same songs in the car over and over again you've got to sing your part you've got to do it properly or she'll tell you off kind of thing um (laughs) you know like if you forget a line because i was turning a corner in the car or something she's like dad you missed the line like this and like (laughs) shouting at me it's like you know but look it's amazing it's beautiful and i love it and yeah it's just i'm part of a community it's lovely and hopefully that'll continue yeah. at least until she's 11 or 12. And then when she's a teenage girl, I'll lose her completely, probably.
0: <laughs> well, let's hope not. I mean, <laughs> let's hope not. But, you know, I, I appreciate that that share of, mm. you know, kind of coming full circle of community that you feel that that connectedness to your daughter and really the joy of like, I get to do this and yeah. being present and, and being her dad and doing the silly things, because I really do want to reiterate that that you said earlier is as we close is that does matter to them. Yeah, it does. Mm. it matters to them even if to us it means like why are we doing this but to them we're meeting them where they're at and what they're excited about yeah and man dads if you want to know how to connect with your kids like even if it doesn't make sense to you at least from my experience just what they're excited about just get excited and yeah. try to like see their face their emotions and try to feed off of that mm. and even if you don't get it if it doesn't make sense it doesn't have to because they're excited and that's that's a way to connect through play with kids is just yeah put the phone down right put this thing down put it all away mm. and just present man that's kids just want yeah they just want to be with you that's that to them is that's it yeah is yeah. it don't overcomplicate it it's yeah. just play you even if you,
1: even if you're not at your best and you can't get stuck into the play sit next to them right. while they're playing yeah
0: yeah just be present
1: yeah i mean i yeah. learned that i learned that i read a book about that actually but i learned it by doing it mm-hmm. uh yeah and i sat with just being i sat present. with her one time i was yeah. really tired and i was just sat, sat mm-hmm. next to her and she was just playing independently and she mm-hmm. would just do it next to me and she yeah. was just really happy to do it next to me mm-hmm. well i got up and i went to make a coffee she was like where are you going like this yeah. it's like she wanted me yeah. to just sit there and watch her play yeah. you know <laughs>
0: because <laughs> your because your presence matters.
1: Yeah, and so how easy is that? You know, if you think you're not connecting with your kids, how easy is that? Just go and sit next to them. Yeah. Go and sit next yeah. to them.
0: Yeah. Just put your phone down, but go sit next to them. Yeah. yeah. Don't, yeah. don't be on your phone because they'll sense that yeah, they'll yeah, know they're yeah. disconnected, but there is a safety net of, Oh, dad's here. Mom's here. They're present with me mm-hmm. and and sometimes they will engage. And so yeah. good. That's good wisdom, John. And mm-hmm. man, John, I, I appreciate, and again, thank you for this rich conversation. I can't wait to to get this out mm-hmm. there and to share and to cut it up and, and to have it be listened to. And uh, we'll definitely have another conversation. 100%. Sure. And you know, must be good timing. My kid just—it's <laughs> a good
1: alarm. Um, it's a great so alarm. it's it's
0: six fifty-five in the morning. Oh, so we've been talking for well. a bit, but yeah, we've, he's done great, which is actually wonderful. Awesome. Um, so he he sleeps in when I'm doing a pod. Awesome. If 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 I'm not doing a pod, he's awake. He's awake. Yeah, <laughs> like five fifty-five in the morning. So if, when I want to sleep, that he's <laughs> yeah. It, it's this game. So I'm trying to figure it out. I think he senses. Um But John, man, you have a blessed blessed day bless you to your your wife and to your daughter and have a great week and, and we'll talk soon okay yeah
1: take it easy man i'll see you soon
0: thanks for joining and listening today please leave a comment and review the show dads are tough but not tough enough to do this fatherhood thing alone